0: Kent Online News.
1: News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Lucy Hickmott.
0: It's Thursday the 24th of October coming up. 39 people found dead in lorry were Chinese migrants.
1: One can only imagine the horror and the the misery and the terror that people would have had inside that container lorry. And they were there... Looking for a new life, looking for a better life.
0: Huge rise in sex offences against children.
2: We want to see services being able to coordinate and work together, to be with children every step of the way after they disclose and to make sure that they step in at the earliest possible moment.
0: And Kent should be aggressively welcoming visitors after Brexit. I think we
3: have a duty almost, because we are on the front line of the country, to be able to ensure that our welcome is first class.
0: Kent Online News. Police have confirmed 39 people found dead in the back of a lorry in Essex were Chinese migrants. The discovery was made in greys not far from the Dartford crossing yesterday morning. Vernon Coker, who chairs the parliamentary group on human trafficking, told us how he reacted when he first heard the news.
1: It's the reaction that anyone would have. It's the complete horror of what's happened, the disbelief that uh, anybody uh, even a criminal could be as callous uh, as to uh, do what uh, was done. One can only imagine the, the, the horror and the, the, the misery and the terror that people would have had when uh, inside that container lorry. And they were there looking for a new life, looking for a better life, and it's ended up with them that people exploiting uh, their need, exploiting their desire uh, for a better life, and, and they found that terrible death. It's, it's horrendous. To get the figures is really difficult, but there are some indicators that we can uh, use. We've seen the the numbers coming across, uh, being uh, used by uh, smugglers to come across the channel. We've seen those figures increasing dramatically from last year to this year, with now around 1,500 people coming uh, so far this year across uh, in boats. But we've also seen the, the official... Mechanism is called the National referral mechanism, and where somebody is suspected of being trafficked uh, into the country, they're referred to this national referral mechanism. and the, the latest figures are 2018 and we saw uh, a 36 percent increase overall uh, from 2017 to 2018 of referrals to that mechanism and 48 percent increase in the numbers of children. So however you look at it, it does appear this is an increasing problem, but the illegality of it makes it difficult to actually get reliable data. And that's certainly one of the things the government are going to have to look at to see what the, the scale and extent of the problem is. But certainly it's increasing and something that must be of concern to us all. So you've got people who are uh, being smuggled in, that they're coming in illegally, uh, but the, the smugglers are using their desire to look for a better life, to join families, and they can't come in through safe and legal routes. So uh, they're smuggled in and they're paying... a Uh, thousands of pounds to coming that way. And then there are people who are being uh, duped or deceived or forced uh, to to move and come into the UK, um, and they're brought in for either forced labour uh, to work on cannabis farms... Uh, or uh, or in certain farms and on the fields, or indeed uh, brought in for sexual exploitation. And they're brought in, as you say, and they're they're, they're clearly modern slaves. And I think we all need to wake up to the fact that this is happening in our doorstep. I mean, just literally, you know, a few hundred metres, half a mile, a mile away, there will be people who will be in slavery, and we need to support the police and the authorities and all uh, of us and have a renewed effort to try and, and tackle this. First of all, I think it's important Uh, that, uh, given what's happened, that the government bring everyone together. There's a a summit in in, in which we we look at what more we can do here. I think clearly there's a need for us to to, uh, meet the government, to meet urgently with the government of Belgium, because it seems that, uh, on the face of it, it appears that the tightening of security in France has led to the traffickers... Uh, and the the people smugglers moving to Belgium. So there's clearly something that needs to be done with that and looking at that. But you're quite right as well. It's where are these people coming from? Clearly, uh, the effort needs to be made in in these countries and try and stabilise what's happening there, but also look what's happening when people are brought across the Mediterranean and look what we do when they arrive there and support the efforts there. Because supporting the efforts there, preventing what's happening, uh, plays its part... Uh, in, in, in preventing uh, this sort of tragedy uh, uh, as, much as, uh, as much as we can. And I would say, just to, uh, to finish on this, this point, we really need to ensure as well we do everything we can to catch these people and put them in jail for a very long time.
0: Steve Valdez-Simmons from Amnesty International fears a crackdown on trafficking may have led to this.
4: People find themselves in circumstances where their security, their safety is immediately at risk. They're living often in squalor having had to flee their home countries and they desperately need to move to somewhere they hope will be safe and as countries become increasingly hostile to them, unfortunately they are driven to crossing more and more borders seeking that safety. Amnesty has been warning about precisely this for many years. If you close down routes and make relatively safe options impossible or much harder, you only drive people who don't have real choices but to try to make a journey onto much more dangerous routes and of course more tragedies result. It's certainly been the case that in Europe and um, in the sort of European region uh, the last few years have seen a significant growth in networks of criminal gangs with capacity to move people and indeed move objects and illicit drugs and arms etc because people have been forced into the hands of smugglers and as those routes and capacities have developed um, the networks have th- firstly thrived and then continue to look for business including the movement of people. The first thing is to recognise that countries like ours and others in Europe receive very, very few of the world's refugees. Migration to Europe is still relatively small, and it would be perfectly possible for governments to collectively, firstly, share responsibility for refugees and provide safe routes for them to come and settle, and indeed join families already here, and indeed to improve migration routes for other people who have good reason for needing to move. And if countries will not do that, and will not share responsibility with each other for doing that. Then we will see more journeys like this and more tragedies like this.
0: Just hours after the discovery was made in Essex, nine suspected migrants were found in the back of a lorry on the M20 in Kent. Police had to close the London bound carriageway near Ashford yesterday afternoon, causing huge disruption for drivers. The people have been checked over by paramedics and interviewed by immigration officials.
1: Kent Online reports. A
0: 21 year old man has been found guilty of murdering his six week old baby baby boy who suffered dozens of injuries at his home in Broadstairs. A court heard Mackenzie Ellis had 28 bone fractures when he was taken to hospital last July. Lee Vernon, who doesn't have a permanent address, had previously admitted manslaughter. He'll be sentenced next month. A driver involved in a fatal crash with an Age UK minibus in Sheerness will go on trial in November. The 77-year-old woman died following the collision in Moraine in January. 35-year-old Rebecca Hickey from Armour Road in the town has pleaded not guilty to causing death by careless driving. There's been a huge rise in the number of sexual offences against children in Kent. Police figures show 3,257 were recorded in the county last year, compared to 1,337 in 2014. Nationally, there were 76,000 cases, which is the highest ever figure and average of one every seven minutes. Andrew Fellows is from the NSPCC, which compiled the data.
2: We do know from the the age breakdown that the average age of a child when the offence happened was was 14, but there were over 16,000 offences that were committed against children under the age of 10 and over 300 against children who were under one year of age. What's really important is that all the different services that need to play a role in supporting children to recover are able to to work together so we're talking about the police, NHS mental health services, local authority, the court system, they all need to work together because at the moment there are far too many delays in children getting the support they need, the delays in terms of a case being reported to police and it getting to trial is getting longer, it's over 250 days on on average and many of these reported offences might might not even make it to trial. So we want to see services being able to coordinate and work together, to be with children every step of the way after they disclose and to make sure that they step in at the earliest possible moment. And we think it's particularly important that when children have been asked to talk about these very traumatic experiences, that takes place in environments that are designed around their needs, that are warm and supportive and not clinical and in- intimidating, but too often that's just not happening. The NSPCC is currently working with the Home Office, the Mayor of London's office and and the NHS of the um, University of London Hospitals. And we're piloting a model called Child House. And this is when all the different groups of professionals who've got that key role in supporting children, so police, social workers, um, therapists... Uh, workers from our emotional support teams they 're all located in one single building now this is, just a, this is just a pilot, but this is absolutely the direction of travel that we think needs to happen um, and it 's absolutely what children deserve so we 'll be looking to see the government after this uh, after this pilot really step up and make sure that that 's not just available to children in in, in north london but that 's a model that we look to promote across the country so this is a one stop shop it 's called the lighthouse it 's based in Camden. Um, And it's modeled on practice from Scandinavia, which has shown that if you can bring together the different services in in one place and they're all working towards the same goal of giving a child the most seamless, child-friendly support possible, then that can make a really positive difference. We know from evaluating our letting the future in service that when children get the right support at the right time, that the trauma of abuse doesn't have to be irreversible and they can get on with their lives. The NSPCC helpline offers support to to non-recent child sexual abuse cases. The independent inquiry is offering support to, to Uh, victims of non-recent abuse and there are specialist support organisations out there to offer um, counselling and and referrals for those who experienced abuse in childhood but weren't able to come forward um, at the time but feel that they now want to um, talk to someone about their experiences um, and potentially um, look at whether that's something they want to also talk to the police about so we think the numbers could continue to rise we know many children are still not reporting Um, Abuse for lots of different reasons and we at the NSPCC we want to make sure that all children receive messages that make clear how they can understand abuse, how they can recognise abuse and that when, if they do want to talk to an adult that that will be taken seriously and they'll get a message that it's absolutely not their fault what happened to them. And because we know that there's a group of children and a group of um, cases that aren't currently being Um, aren't being reported to the police it could continue to rise so what's really important is the police the nhs social services have the resources but also the framework to be able to work together and respond to those children when they come forward for any child who feels that they're not ready to talk to an adult they can always talk to Childline. so nearly confidential service, um, they can call on 0800 1111 24 hours a day and there's also online um, support available for them.
0: Kent Online News. A police officer has suffered facial injuries after being attacked in Margate. Part of Addington Street was cordoned off yesterday afternoon after it happened when he stopped a vehicle. The officer was taken to hospital but has since been discharged. A 26-year-old man is still being held on suspicion of assault and theft. Two men have appeared in court after a pickup truck, spotted leaving the scene of a burglary in Medway, crashed into two police cars and a wall. A property on Cityway in Rochester was broken into on Friday afternoon, and the vehicle was later found abandoned in Walderslade. A 34 and 37 year old were arrested the following day. They're due a Crown Court next month. A former mayor of Swanley has spoken out after being wrongly accused of sexually assaulting a a woman in his taxi. Shankar Gare has described the allegations as horrible lies and says the ordeal has had a big impact on his family. 49-year-old from Pink's Hill was acquitted by a jury at Maidstone Crown Court. More than 3,000 people have now signed a petition against a shopping centre in Maidstone being turned into flats. Council bosses have suggested demolishing the Broadway, which houses Lidl and Matalan, and building almost 300 properties, including a 15-storey tower block. A demonstration took place in the town at the weekend. Graham Jarvis lives in the area.
4: The residents are up in arms about it because- because, as you see, this is already a busy area and it's going to increase the amount of traffic. With traffic comes more pollution
1: and uh, really it's going to be an eyesore.
0: Members of the town's strategic planning committee will vote on the recommendations. Councillor Patrick Garton, who's on the panel, isn't convinced by the idea.
4: This site, putting a 14 storey skyscraper there with tiny cramped little uh, apartments certainly does not tick my box and won't get my vote at the next uh, Strategic Planning Committee meeting. I want to have flats there, but I want flats for families. If we close this off, make it a nice riverside development, we can put a playground down there, we can utilize these awful, uh, dangerous-looking underpath with little antique shops or coffee shops or something like that. Make it something which people enjoy, not another concrete block in the middle of um, Maidstone.
1: Kent Online reports.
0: Police have released a picture of a man they want to speak to following a disturbance at a meeting in Tunbridge Wells, where plans for a controversial development were scrapped. Protesters gathered outside the town hall earlier this month as a decision was made on the £90 million Calverley Square development, which would have included a new theatre, office blocks and car park. You can see the man's picture at kentonline.co.uk. As uncertainty over Brexit continues, Kent Online's been told we need to be a aggressively welcoming to continue attracting visitors to the county 65 million people come to kent each year bringing around 3.8 billion pounds to the local economy but there are concerns some might be put off after the uk leaves the eu ollie's been speaking to the chief exec of visit kent deirdre wells
3: we need to be i mean may need to be more kind of aggressively welcoming um (laughs) if i can put it that way because I think there's probably been been a bit of complacency in the UK, generally not just in terms of Kent, uh, that people will come anyway. Why wouldn't you want to come to London? You know, it's a fantastic, world-class city. If they come to London, we can get them to do a few other bits while they're here. Um, But when you look at global trends in terms of who's travelling and where they're going to, interestingly, feeling welcome is really high up the decision tree in terms of where I'm going to go because people have got a world menu of where they're going to go. Um, And if it's a bit more difficult or people feel they may not feel as welcome, that's a a potential problem. So I don't think we can be complacent. And I think what we have to ensure is whatever the future arrangements are at at the border, that people feel when they arrive that they are welcome, whether they're business or you know they're coming here to do business or to study or to um, you know to visit. That we want them here, um, and that we are working hard to be able to give them the best possible experience while they're here. The other thing I think we need to be really um, mindful of as we start a new dawn where we're building new trade links. Um, it's really interesting that. Nineteen percent of all inward investment decisions are made by people who came to the particular destination as a visitor first. And, and you know, it's quite a compelling stat, but if you think about it for more than a nanosecond, you think, well, actually, in terms of relocating, whether it's your business or your home, it's made those decisions can be made by the fact that you had an amazing weekend. And I, I'm losing track of the amount of conversations I've had with people who've moved their business to Kent because of the lifestyle. Mm. Um, so in a in a funny sort of way, the visitor economy has got more to offer than just the kind of traditional perceptions of tourist dollars and tourist euros into the into the economy. This is around almost enabling inward investment relocation, um, and that, and I think we have a duty almost because we are on the front line of the country to be able to ensure that our welcome is first class that you know um, whether that's the logistics or whether that's the attitude of our port authorities and our um, border force but also every single person that's in a coffee shop in a hotel that really goes out of their way that could be things around you know improving that customer service but it could be things around language teaching you know it's it's just about future-proofing ourselves um, I am convinced that if we did nothing, people would come anyway. Would they come um, uh, in the numbers that they could do without us trying a bit harder and compensating for any, you know, uh, I suppose, friction that we may have at the border, um, whatever the deal ultimately ends up? Probably not. Would we, is there an opportunity for us to gain more in terms of business investment if we try a bit harder? Absolutely. And so that, for me, is the kind of, I suppose, the big call to arms. The other um, opportunity is whatever happens over the next few months, you know, we have got the 149th open next year. There is a major Beckett anniversary. There is a major Dickens anniversary. We've got the Turner Prize happening. These things are happening whether Brexit happens or not. Um, And you know we can either hunker down and just hope the damage isn't too bad or we then think no we actually need to to almost rebuild and use these
0: big events to go we're here we're welcoming We're open, we're proud. You can hear more of that chat on the KM Community Podcast at kentonline.co.uk. Kent Online News. A family say they're devastated after having to cancel their trip to Disneyland when their luggage was stolen outside a Kent hotel. Danielle Easton and Jack Hall were staying with their two and four year old daughters at the Spring River in Ebbsfleet last week when their bags were taken from the boot of their car while they were eating breakfast. Police say another van was also broken into at around the same time. A pub in Maidstone is going to be demolished to make way for a new roundabout. The wheat sheaf has been there for 170 years but is closing for the last time on Saturday. It's hoped building a roundabout at the junction between Lewes Road and Sutton Road will help ease congestion in the area. It's been revealed the 14th century Archbishop's Palace in Maidstone could be turned into a hotel. The future of the 700-year-old building which backs onto the River Medway has been discussed at a meeting. It's currently used as a registry office and other options include a restaurant, offices or a wedding venue. And lasers are being blasted at geese in Bexley to stop them tearing up flowers. Council workers have been using green lights to scare away migrating Canada geese from parks, following claims a large influx of the animals are damaging riverbanks and harming wildlife. The RSPCA says while a non-lethal thought deterrent is welcomed there could be a risk of them suffering eyesight issues
1: kent online sports
0: football and it was a disappointing night for charlton as they lost 2-1 away to bristol city the addicts have had mixed results in recent weeks and are currently 10th in the championship table they're traveling again to take on west bromwich albion on saturday that's it for now but don't forget you can go to kentonline.co.uk for more news throughout the day
1: news you can trust this is Kent Online Podcast.